Hey, welcome to a fresh new episode of the Ian Khan Show. We're focused on massively simplifying the complex, complex topics out there in the world that are troubling business leaders, decision makers, and helping understand technology better. In today's episode, we're focusing on protocols, metaverse, the whole world of these confusing terms, and there's nobody else better to simplify it for us than Julien Genestou. He is the founder of an incredible new company, and it's called the Unlock Protocol. Julien, welcome to the Ian Khan Show. Yes, thank you very much for having me, Ian. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm honored to be invited. Julian, the world is becoming more complex and confusing day by day. We have things like, you know, five five years, 10 years ago, we had a cloud, then we had a big data, then we have analytics. Then we went into the era of IoT, right? There's all these acronyms that are being used. IoT, then we headed into blockchain that everybody was jumping on. Crypto, blockchain all, get start, all got started. And we're just meandering our way through this whole world and maze of metaverse and now it's ai and all of that web3 you as a technologist as a founder of a technology company i want to know how do you see this all this what is this in front of you this landscape of technologies yeah so i think all of the word that you mentioned are actually part of the same thing it's the software revolution it's the idea that you know we had for centuries maybe millennia machine that were all hardware that were basically you know objects that were good at doing one thing uh, and somewhere in the you know 70s 80s a new kind of surf, a new kind of tool started to emerge uh computers and these computers were able to run software and that software part is kind of really something magic thing about this is kind of an an abstract way of building object you can of building tools it's basically the new kind of uh, of, of tech, it's it's all a new technology in itself, but it's not a specific technology. It's a technology for technology. It's a meta technology in some way yeah. that allows us to build a new kind of thing. And since then, I think we've explored multiple eras in the software world. Like obviously, there was the the eighties with or the early nineties with the kind of the the you know the local software on your machine without connecting to the internet, right? The, the early uh, Microsoft Office with Word and Excel that were kind of allowing you to do stuff that was previously you know very difficult to do either on a you know on a typewriter mm-hmm. or a, a basic calculator, but now doing this much faster at bigger scale on a computer. And then we started connecting these machines. That's the internet era. Uh, all of a sudden, these dumb computers became a lot smarter in the same way that a single neuron. Once it's collected with many, many other neurons, start to form a brain and start to be a bit smarter or maybe a lot smarter. And then I think we changed dimension with the mobile web uh, and kind of IoT, which you alluded to um, uh, in your introduction, where now the number of neurons exploded. Basically, all of a sudden we go from like you know one one computer per family in the in the in the when people are lucky in the uh, in the in the in the in the, in the, the computer room yeah. to like five, six computers in the house, everybody has a cell phone uh, and more and more of our device becomes smarter and smarter. Yep. Um, then now I think we're the blockchain world is kind of the, it's adding something that was missing from the beginning from software. Software Im- immensely copyable, right? You have zero and ones and you can duplicate this uh, ad nauseum. And so you have a, a file and you can copy that file as much as you want. Mm. What blockchain really brought to the equation is the idea of bringing back unicity uh, to the software world, bringing back like, nope, this coin, because that's actually, you know, Bitcoin is the one that yep. thing is unique. It's either yours or mine. It cannot be copied from you to me. Yeah. It's in one place. Uh, the coin itself is not in one place, but the balance is in one place. And everybody acknowledges that you have that balance and I don't. 
And once okay. you start to have that new, you know, okay, opportunity, that's all of the Web3 ecosystem that explodes here. Because again, it's all of the idea around rebuilding kind of scarcity, as people say, into software where, where it's been missing. Yeah. Obviously, AI is another branch of that software revolution where now the, the machine themselves are arguably smarter than they were until now. So so just, yeah, to, to put it back in context, I think it's all part of the same software revolution, which I think is... In, in many, many ways, something that is going to be even more impactful than, you know, the the invention of uh, of writing 5,000 years ago or even the printing press, uh, you know, some, somewhere like, yeah. you know, 500 years ago or 2,000 years ago. And so rightly said, I mean, there's so much happening. We have to understand, and I say this to everybody I talk to generally, I'm like, you, we have to go beyond just thinking that all this is around us. We have to understand this in order to make business decisions for leaders, for people who are in a decision-making capacity, for professionals, uh, doctors, engineers, uh, accountants, finance professionals. You want to control the outcome of your organization, entrepreneurs yeah, in general. You want to know what is happening. For that, you have to increase your knowledge and, and learn and so on and so forth. There's one specific word now I'm going to mention, and a lot of my listeners are going to cringe when I say that. Uh, because nobody understands that. Roll word. their eyes. Yes. Yeah. And it's NFT. Yes. NFT. NFTs are very scary. NFTs are very uh, mysterious. And they are just, that. that's how they are. And I hold the technology industry responsible for this whole confusion. I hold all of us responsible for the big mass confusion because it's been made so big, right? I mean, imagine this. You hear that an NFT was sold for, sold for 95 or $92 million pack of the merge. I'm like, what is that? My cat can draw a better thing than that, right? Or if you have the board ape, uh, board apes and, and a bunch of other things. Help us understand NFT from a practical perspective because I know you guys do that. Yes. But you're not about art, but you're about, hey, here's yes. the real value. Help us understand NFT, first of all, the basics of it from a business perspective, and then we'll explain so simply, the definition is there, NFT, non-fungible token. So what I said a couple of minutes ago about the you know Bitcoin reinventing scarcity around uh, software, well, NFT are ways to represent digital objects in a way that is unique and non-fungible. So that would apply to anything that is not a currency, basically, right? So fungible is like money, dollars, you know, $50 plus $50. If you split them into, it's really hard to know which $50 were on what side. Yep. Non-fungible tokens are basically represent, digital representation of anything that needs to be unique uh, because it's useful for a business, but it's non-fungible. So let me give you an example, right? If you're running a business, um, you probably, you maybe have a license. That license to run your business as, a, as an accountant or as a doctor is a non-fungible token. It's your license. It's unique. It's, you know, there's probably a stamp by some kind of organization that certifies that it's true. Uh, it was given to you on a specific day. It might be valid for a certain duration. That object, if you apply to the digital world, it's not a website. It's not an email address. It is a non-fungible token. Turns out that blockchains are actually a really good way of storing these non-fungible token in a way that becomes interoperable. So now as a business, I can work with other businesses and can easily show them my NFT, my license, and they can verify the authenticity of it by querying a blockchain saying, hey, is this license that Julian is showing me a real one? Yes, it is. Boom, I get this. So a non-fungible token is anything 
that has to be unique and has to be digi digitally representative representable yeah. so that works for art as well as you mentioned if you have a piece of art on a wall you want this to be probably unique especially if you paid many millions of dollars and you want to avoid that the or the author can copy that easily yeah. um, and so the non-fungible token here is basically the ownership record of that piece of art on your wall yeah. um let's take more example uh i think we have the same microphone here but that microphone was uh, was shipped uh you know uh to us uh probably using some kind of you know complicated supply chain uh system yeah that supply chain we need to keep track of not any uh specific microphone but the one that is on my desk it needs to you know where it's coming from through which transport it was transported if it had to be a custom somewhere yeah. all of these are information system and they need to represent that microphone in a way that is not just a physical object and yeah. then the NFT here is a useful primitive to present that unique object in a digital world. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you 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 claim and you mention in a, in all good way that your the your platform, the protocol. Now you're talking about an NFT protocol. You're not <laughs> you're you're not selling an NFT to anybody. You're not providing and creating NFTs. So let's make that clear. You're saying that we're going to create a new protocol on top of which NFTs can be exchanged, built, traded, whatever. And value membership-based value can be created so that developers create as brands. I'm reading off your website. And yep. platforms can connect with each other without a middleman. Is yes. that a problem? Is that a problem that needs a solution? I think so, yes. Um, I think so because right now, and so actually to be specific, we're addressing one specific use case of NFT, the concept of membership, the idea yep. that someone or some organization is a member of a group of other people that do this. And I think membership itself is a, is a key primitive in business. It's obviously one around loyalty. If you think you have your you know loyalty program, each of the members in that you know loyalty program have to have a unique membership card. Yeah. Um, and obviously you can send them a, a piece of paper uh, or a piece of plastic in the mail. It's never going to be as useful as a digital representation of it because maybe they can connect to the website and prove that, yes, they are a member. Yeah. Your Amazon Prime membership is a good example of this. The challenge, though, is like with these existing memberships that exist right now, they are stored in a centralized database. There is no way I can prove to you that I'm an Amazon Prime subscriber. There is no way that you can treat me as a Prime member if you wanted to. Maybe you say, hey, you know what? He He's a Prime subscriber. I want to give him you know, some special discounts because I want to attract Prime subscribers. You cannot do that right now because that Prime status membership is stuck in the Prime database. Even Amazon, maybe they have a partnership at some point with Apple and they say, you know what? If you have... Apple Plus, I mean, I don't think that would happen, but if you have uh, Apple Plus, uh, is it called Apple Plus? Whatever, yeah, Apple's. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, if you have that, you would get you know, uh, a, a free month-long subscription to Amazon Prime. There yeah. is no way they can do all of these things because the membership right now are a single player. They're between the user and the brand, the organization that emits it. Correct. Correct. Once yeah. you move to a world where these become multiplayer, and what I said about the the, uh, the diploma earlier, diploma is a membership as well, your membership of that alumni class. Yeah. Um, it's really important that it's multiplayer. It's really important that some third party can verify th that you have a valid membership. It's not just between you and the universities. Like you want to show that to your employer, you want to show that to your you know, partners, say, hey, look, guys, I really am certified. It would be the same, I think, for most businesses. You would want to be able to kind of prove to you know your local coffee shop that you're a member of the gym so that you get a free coffee yeah. uh, after you've exercised. Yeah. And, and you know, the problem is that many people are just stuck in the old model of doing business. They're very traditional in doing business. And sometimes it's very hard to even convince people that, hey, based on the signals outside of these four walls of your business, we're seeing massive amount of technology, not just as a choice that, hey, 
you know what, if I had this, it would be a great thing. No, it's mandatory because your business is being disrupted by others who are ahead of you because they're adopting different kinds of technology. So sometimes it's hard to even convince people that, hey, you should look into this direction. And the reason for that is paralysis, analysis paralysis. They can't think of anything beyond that. Um, so you're, so So now we've established the fact that we need or we need to create or we should build communities that are membership based. For example, you know, it wouldn't make sense if you have 10, 10, 10 members. Like we're talking hundreds and thousands of members, millions of members, and the more it is, uh, you know, amazing. Maybe, uh, maybe not. Actually, you could have some kind of exclusive membership club, like my top 100 customers. I want to know who they are. I want to have a relationship with them. Yeah. I want to know that they're my top 100 customer, even yeah. when they're outside of the store, when they're on a website. I want to be able to identify them and I hope they can identify themselves as member of my community. I yeah. want them to do my marketing in some way. I want them to go around and say, hey, I'm a proud member of this gym and that because of this teacher, I've lost 20, 20 pounds. Or I'm yeah. a proud member of this coffee shop because I know they're sourcing their coffee in this you know, Amazonian forest or whatever that is. Um, and, and so that relationship is, is really what is the, the NFT about in the context of Unlock. I'll give you a live example. And since we're, we're we're having a very casual talk, where I live, near to my my area, like 10 minutes from where I live, we, there's a new shopping center, a new open shopping center that has maybe, maybe 300 different stores. Within those 300 stores, 300 of them are food places, restaurants, eateries, and they're open late and they're they're amazing. They're, you know, they're they're busy and they're good. So it's it's a lot of sub-traffic. I think that whole community needs a membership platform, yes. rewards platform, loyalty platform, where, where you can say, hey, I'm I'm kind of the loyalty member of this community. Here's my code. Here's Give me my points. Or I'm going to redeem my points. That's what we're talking about, right? It can't Absolutely. just be one company. Absolutely. Not only that, but if you think about, again, the, the software revolution that I was mentioning, all of these businesses have an online present of some kind. Yeah. All of these businesses exist not just in the physical place. They exist, maybe they have a Facebook page, maybe they have an Instagram account, maybe they have you know, a newsletter. These are digital representation of the business and you would need as a business to identify your users, whether they're walking in the store or yeah. whether they are subscribed to the newsletter yeah. to be able to kind of offer them the best service and provide them with benefits. And again, have them be your marketers as well. Yeah. Now, in order for someone to have an NFT for their business and their organization, let's say service provider or a restaurant or uh, what have you, does it have to be a B2B or a B2C? Like just to keep it very simple. It, uh, so the protocol itself. So let's actually talk about briefly about the protocol here. We we think that if a membership platform is going to emerge, it needs to be something that is widely shared. It cannot be something that a business owns on behalf of all of the other businesses. Otherwise, the 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 power that this business all of a sudden has is too big. In the same way that the internet is made of open protocol, you know, HTTP, HTML, you can put your website out there. You don't have to ask anyone's permission. We think membership should be the same. If I'm a business, when I put my membership out there, I shouldn't have to ask, you know, uh, Zuckerberg's permission or, 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 or my bank's permission. It should be something that I put as a business out there and I manage my relationship with my fan. And so the protocol here is critical. This is what ensures the permissionlessness of that. So in our way, yes, when we talk with businesses, we don't talk, I mean, our customers, are businesses. There are people that want to have their own membership with their own customers. So in some way, we're kind of B2B2C in that way, because we mm -hmm. eventually 
help them serve their customers better. And we need to think about their customers a lot. Good. Now let's talk about the metaverse, right? Metaverse is kind of an evolution of the internet. It's it's uh, you know the whole world of virtual reality and the three-dimensional internet and all of that. Um, I happen to write a book called The Metaverse for Dummies that came out uh, about a month and a half ago. And it's really the operating manual for the metaverse. It explains the basics, the complexities, the hardware providers, and so on and so forth, like a land, uh, lay of the land. Now, when we talk about protocols such as yours or NFTs or the you know the technologies related to it, how do they how can a business and organization take that idea into the metaverse and do what with it? Yeah, so I'll give you an example. Somebody in our community actually deployed uh, a membership of Unlock that applies to both um their it's a game, their game, but also a specific metaverse called Decentraland that you probably have studied yep. in, in your book. Mm-hmm. Uh in accessing a special venue on Decentraland is actually token gated. It's limited to the fact that you need to own one of the membership NFTs that you would have acquired in the game. And so they've created kind of a, I don't say a digital twin, but like a, a digital twin of their game, which is already digital into Decentraland and say, only the people that play the game and have that status can actually access this. It's a saloon in the metaverse. As a business, it's the same thing. You as a business will not just be that store in the in the, in the 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 commercial center. You will be, a store, yes, but you'll have a website, you'll have, you probably already have a Facebook page, you probably already have maybe a space in the metaverse. What you would want is to have a membership infrastructure that is orthogonal to all of these things so that people can identify themselves as member on all of these uh, universes or metaverses in that specific case. Yeah, so when you look at the, 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 the average user on the metaverse, as an example, um, you know, they say that, first of all, in the gaming industry, they say the average age of a gamer is about 40 years or 42 years right now. You know, that's kind of the average of the gamer. So we're not even talking about young people like teenagers who are like 14 and they're playing games. No, there's a mature audience out there who's engaging in, in the gaming industry, which now is kind of becoming the metaverse. Um, what do you see over the next 10 years as a trend? And I know we're also running out of time soon. What do you see as a trend going forward? Who's going to be on the metaverse? And is this what they want? Is this what audiences want? So who's going to be to be on the metaverse? All of us. We might not just call it the metaverse. I mean, I do think that already, you know, I, I mentioned my phone here, but I was actually a bit earlier today on a walk without my phone, get lost. The the the, the visual representation of the physical space is not enough anymore to find my way home. I need to have this extra layer. Um, not virtual reality, but not too far from that, that helps me go back home. It's called Google Maps and on my phone, it shows me where I am, it shows me where my home is and I can walk. Um, So I do think a lot of us, all of us will be using the metaverse without actually knowing that we're using the metaverse in in that way. And again, back to software, that's kind of that layer that we're building around us. Like, you know, if you think about geology, right, there is the lithosphere, which is kind of the the stones and then the biosphere, which is all of the life. Uh, There's the stratosphere and all this. I think we're building the infosphere and the metaverse is obviously another name in my mind for that little sphere. It's basically a bunch of layers that we can go in, that we can extract information from that are actually not uh, physically represented, but actually matter to us as much, so much that we cannot live in the physical world without them. So basically, I think all of us, 
Is this what users want? I do think so. I think people are tired of having, you know, their information scattered across different places. Mm -hmm. They want to be able to say, oh, my, when I travel, when I play a game and I play another game, if I've earned status in that first game, I want to be able to bring it to that other game. I want to be able to say, no, I'm actually a good player at this. I earned this, you know, this hat or this shield in that first game. I want to be able to use that in some way in a similar game. Obviously, I'm not going to use that in a, in a soccer game if I play soccer on a different game. But I do think it's important to be able to bring with me my whole self, my whole experience. Sometimes I might expose everything. Sometimes I might just kind of disclose only the stuff that I care about. But I think it's critical that we move into a world where the data flows with us rather than uh, us being kind of stuck in different lens with completely different uh, you know, identities or duplicated social networks, for example. Yeah, there's so much more to do in the world of you know, uh, decentralization, Web3, metaverse, virtual reality, there's so much more that's going to happen in the next decade that I'm I'm really looking forward to this era. And I believe that this, this is kind of the golden era in human civilization. We're able to do so much more. And the pace of that is just going to continue. Uh, we, we haven't even spoken about AI, which is another animal, another set of discussions. You know, it's so, so deep and so complex. But uh, Julien, I wanted to thank you so much for uh, for being part of the podcast and uh, joining us. And uh, we hope to check you out. Uh, and your website is unlock-protocol.com for, the, for our listeners. Uh, please check out uh, their work and the amazing stuff they're doing. The more you uh, learn, the more you uh, will be able to understand and do better in your life. Julien, uh, merci beaucoup. Thank you so much. Thank and, you for uh, having me. It was a pleasure and a blast. I look forward to doing that again in the future. No problem. You take care and thank you so much. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, friends. If you liked this episode of The Ian Khan Show, then please share it with your friends and peers. Also, check out my new and upcoming future readiness program, The Future Ready Leader Circle, scientifically designed to help your business become undisruptible by measuring the impact of over 175 disruptive forces on your business. The Future Ready Leader Circle has been designed as a result of our collaboration with world-leading foresight experts, research institutes, educational institutions, and studying over 250 individual research studies. Visit iancon.com.